welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. Hello, my friend, my warrior. How are you this week? Are you writing the five things that you are so grateful for in your journal each evening? I certainly hope so. You might think that this is such a little thing. But I can tell you, when you do this and keep a positive spirit, better things come to you. It is important to raise your level of vibration so wonderful things come your way. So if you haven't gotten a journal for yourself, one that makes you feel happy when you see it, one that feels good when you hold it, one that when you write in it, the pen flows, then please promise me you will look for one this week and purchase it. But if you're having trouble finding a good one, I can definitely recommend Peter Pauper Publishing. Now that's a tongue twister, isn't it? My favorite is The Magnificent Stained Glass Window by Louis Comfort Tiffany, which he created in 1908 offered in an oversized journal. It is just gorgeous. When I use it, it feels so wonderful in my hands and the pen slides across the pages. Whether you choose my favorite or simply look around on their site for one that appeals to you, I think you will be happy with their products and I will leave the link in the show notes. Journaling is one of the key things that helps us when we are grieving. In addition to recording all the things we are grateful for, there are times when we must allow it to help us get all the angst out of our system. And for that reason, I'm suggesting that you get two journals. The first will specifically be used as your gratitude journal. This one should be just beautiful. And it will be the journal that when you look at it, it will make you smile. This journal will be the one that you will want to save. When you reread what you've written at some future date, you will be reminded of all the wonderful things that did happen, even the smallest things that happened while you were going through your grieving process. The second journal does not need to be as pretty or as welcoming. It is specifically to be used to release all the pain that is in your heart. 
It is to describe everything that you are going through, and it is used to get out all the anger, all the frustration and pain from your system. When we are grieving, there is so much that needs to be said that oftentimes we do not want to say to the people who have hurt us, and a journal serves to release all that anger at either the person who died or the people involved in their death or other people, perhaps your family or friends, who simply have not treated you well. People who clearly do not have your best interest at heart. People who like to add salt to the wound, as they say. People who are highly insensitive to how you feel and who are just insensitive to your situation. Use the second journal to dump out everything that is bothering you, everything that needs to be said to anyone you are angry with, because there will come a time that you will take this journal and either tear it up or burn it. It will have served its purpose to allow you to unleash your pain and agony in this one book. It is in your first journal that you will be adding what you are grateful for each evening. That journal we will save always because one day, when you have finished using the last page, you will go back from time to time and remind yourself how far you have come and all the wonderful things that did occur, all the things you are grateful for during this painful part of your life, and all the wonderful people who helped you. Our second journal helps us dump out all the pain that we are feeling, all the things that made us feel stuck, and all the things we feel we had no control over. And when we write all this down, there will be times when we will take a longer look, perhaps a few days later, and it seems we do have more options than we thought. We do have more possibilities, and we can reach out to others who can help us. It gives us a different perspective. If you've listened in to my other podcast episodes, you know I am a proponent of the emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT or tapping. This system helps to calm down your pain, frustration, overwhelm, and many other emotions. And while it may look silly, when you see yourself tapping on your head, face, neck, and side, the results are quite glorious. As my dedicated listeners know, Brad Yates is my favorite practitioner of EFT, and you can find his channel link in my show notes below. If you haven't yet heard of EFT, I strongly encourage you to learn how to tap and the words that will best work for you. Brad has many videos, and all you need to do is search the words of the feelings you are dealing with at any given time, and I'm sure he'll have a video for you. Then just simply watch and do exactly what he is doing. Just follow his lead. EFT has been a lifesaver for me in many situations when life was not treating me well. And I know it will become one of your first places you go to 
when you are in need of help too. I also use box rescue remedy to calm down my system when I'm upset. It's a small little vial that comes in a golden box, but it has a great impact. It does have alcohol in it, so be aware. Just a few drops on the tongue, then rest. It's a marvelous source of feeling better. And remember to take deep breaths, close your eyes, and sit quietly to let it take effect. If you can lie down a bit in a silent place, that would be even better. Meditation is also a wonderful way to calm us. There are many videos to choose, some of which you can play all night long when you're sleeping. Your job right now is to take very good care of yourself, and even if the world seems like it's spinning out of control, it is imperative to take as much time as you can for yourself in a quiet, peaceful place to regain your sanity. Another excellent source of help comes from books. At first, you might think you don't have the concentration or the focus to be able to read, and that is understandable. But the primary reason it is important to read books on the grieving process is to teach yourself that you are not alone, that what you are feeling is natural and normal. Otherwise, you go through all this pain feeling like you are the only one. And when you learn more about this process, you will be able to say to yourself, Mary told me this was just part of my grief, so there is nothing to be frightened of. One of the books I've written, entitled Understanding Your Grieving Heart After a Loved One's Death, was specifically designed to be the first book you'd reach for after a death. It is also a wonderful book to give others as a gift. Many have written to me over the years to say it gave them a wonderful overview of what to expect, and that helped them tremendously because, after all, there really isn't any full guide to grief. Everyone experiences it differently, and if you don't know that, you feel like you're doing something wrong, and that is not the case. One reviewer was so gracious to say that the way I write makes her feel like I'm sitting across her kitchen table counseling her. What a lovely compliment. After my book, you may wish to look for books which speak to the type of death and relationship you had with the person who died. Books for death of a spouse, parent, sibling, or child. Or for a certain type of death, such as murder, suicide, miscarriage, even stillbirth. When you select a book, I highly recommend you look for authors who have actually lived those experiences. Unlike an academic who studies, teaches, and then writes a book on a topic, you'll have the straightforward truth about what the survivor went through 
what worked for them and didn't work for them during their grieving process, which is much more valuable than someone who is regurgitating someone else's experiences. Only a person who has lived a certain experience can help you understand what they went through and what you might encounter too. And nothing is better than learning from someone who has gone through something and came out on the other side to tell you the good, bad, and ugly so you will be prepared. It doesn't mean you'll have all the same experiences, but it can hurt to know what could happen along the way so you aren't surprised if it comes your way. And while I'm talking about this, I'd like to share something else with you. No one, absolutely no one, can accurately state that they are an expert on grief. I've spent 35 years helping the bereaved and studying all the aspects of it, which give me the ability to share all my knowledge with you through my podcast episodes, my writing, articles, blogs, and books. But I would never call myself an expert because I haven't had all the grief experiences life has to offer, nor do I want them. I don't know what it's like to have a miscarriage. I don't know what it's like to have experienced the stillbirth of a baby. I've yet to lose my parents or a sibling. I've not lost anyone in a flood or hurricane, tornado, or terrorist attack. I've not lost anyone to a flash fire, earthquake, or avalanche. Since no one person could have experienced all forms of grief or the loss of all types of relationship, I just don't believe anyone can call themselves an expert in this field. So when you seek out books, do find out the credentials and background of the author and look for those who have lived it. Also, if you find you are in need of counseling, look for those who are grief specialists, people who help the bereaved exclusively. Find out their backgrounds too, because any person with lovely initials after their name can call themselves a grief counselor but the extent of their work was helping maybe one widow once after her husband died. Ask about their clients. How many years have they specialized in grief counseling? What type of situations have their clients been through? If you have experienced the suicide death of a loved one, ask if they've ever had any clients who have had the same loss. If you have experienced the murder of someone, have they helped someone with this loss? The reason I am so adamant about this is because we spent so much money training counselors on our type of grief. They gained a free education on our dime, and I don't want this for you. One of the best ways to find the right counselor for you is to go to my website, marymac.info, and in the Grief Resources tab at the top, 
you will find the national support groups for each of the types of grief. Call them and ask for referrals. You might also start with a support group in your area and let the other members refer you to individuals that they feel comfortable with. Next episode, we will talk more about support groups and how they can be helpful to you, as well as more ways to help you walk through your grieving process. So now, it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. Wiggle and move your body even if you are in a sitting position. I know you might think it's a little strange, but do it for me anyway, okay? listening in today. Remember to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Visit my website, marymac.info, for your free book. Please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you've listened to me, and share with those who would benefit from it. And if you would kindly support my podcast, you'll find a donation button on my site. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.